Summer is here, and in what's becoming an almost annual summer ritual, Pizza Hut has brought back its Cheesy Bites pizza. This year, the return of the pizza with cheese-filled dough bites instead of a more traditional crust includes some new advertising. The campaign, from agency GSDNM, showcases the pizza, of course, along with a bit of a shift in tone. That's because Pizza Hut is stepping up and owning its heritage and legacy in the pizza business. A nod to its 61-year-old past is being blended with a more modern-day approach. The person overseeing that effort is Marianne Radley, Pizza Hut's chief brand officer. She's our next guest on Marketer's Brief, the podcast. We'll talk about that new campaign, her desire to give Pizza Hut a more distinct voice in the crowded restaurant industry, its NFL sponsorship, growing beer delivery business, and even how a high school job helped set the tone for the role she's in now. So stick around. Marianne, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jessica. I'm glad to be here. So you joined Pizza Hut last year. Uh, What kinds of changes did you see the brand needing? How did you think the brand message needed to evolve? Well, I think um, as I look back at the brand and from coming on board last February, for us, it was uh, we needed to be more confident. We needed to have a little bolder presence, um, not be so apologetic, take more chances, um, you know, be a little bit riskier. And I think over the years, we became comfortable as a brand. And when you become comfortable, you kind of lose that challenger mindset. And we really had to go back and, and focus on kind of what we do best, focus on the pizza, focus on our customers, and then focus on having a, a confident tone. Having a confident tone, you said? Yeah, confident, bolder, unapologetic. I, I think unapologetically confident is a, is a right way to, to capture that. Um, yeah, I think you know, there's a lot that we could be proud of, but I think there's things that we could be doing better. So as we've talked, as I've talked with our team, I say we're, we're proud, but dissatisfied, and we need to work on on so many things to get the brand humming in the way it needs to be going. So what are a few of the things that you thought the brand needed to work on in particular? Are there any pain points, if you will, or other things that you felt like were the first things that needed to be addressed? Well, I think first is is creating a more distinct brand. You know, you're looking at a very cluttered category and a very competitive category. And how do you create that brand distinctiveness that resonates with consumers? And and really have a bolder voice. Um, so that was one thing, and, and we worked on that over the past 15 months. Um, I think also being more culturally relevant, um, being engaged more within the younger consumer's mindset. Uh, we've got a lot of customers that that have that nostalgic feel for the brand, that they went to their restaurants when they were younger after Little League games, and um, where they had their birthday parties there, or, um, their first dates there, but you have this whole younger audience that didn't have that experience with Pizza Hut. And how do we speak to them in a language they understand and be relevant to them and uh, give them a reason to believe in, in Pizza Hut and to come to Pizza Hut? And one of the things that came early on in your tenure was the NFL deal, which helps you reach mm-hmm. uh, a younger audience and an older audience, really. So can we talk a little bit about the decision behind making that leap with the NFL? Sure. I think, uh, well, you know, we're, we're getting into our second year at the NFL. It was really exciting to come on board, um, do that partnership and that agreement with the NFL and, and really engage in, in activation, um, both on game day and leading up to, to the weekend. But for us, it's, it's pizza, pizza and football go hand in hand. And our positioning was you've got you know, the hundreds of thousands of fans every weekend in the stadiums watching the games. But you have millions more at home watching the game. And how do we bring them closer to the action? 
And that was really our positioning as we entered into the partnership was all about the fans, all about the experience, getting them in closer to the game. And uh, and I thought we did a really nice job the first year. I mean, from the time we announced the partnership, we had about six weeks until the NFL draft, and it was a mad sprint to get us um, a good footprint, good presence, good activation there and let people know that we are a partner of the NFL. Uh, we're looking at, we, we have some great learnings coming out of year one that we're applying in year two, and it's it's nice to have that extra time, you know, that runway of time that we can do a little bit more strategic planning and have more 360 plans both um, on game day and again, more activation leading up to whether it's Thursday night football or or Sunday or Monday night football. So I'm excited about what year two is going to bring for us. And does year two bring with it any new player relationships or team relationships or anything like that? You know, we're currently working um, on securing some players. I, I can't, we're, we're in the last Last rounds of negotiations now, we're going to have some new news to share on that, which is exciting. And we, we're really happy with, you know, we, we signed four teams um, in year one. We had the Seahawks, we had the LA Chargers, we had the LA Rams, and we had the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And three of those four teams made it to the postseason. So that's pretty exciting on your first year, uh, associating yourself with with three teams, you know, 75% average that, that make it to postseason. So it gave us really that extra runway to activate more around our team sponsorship, to engage more with our players, uh, to create some unique content, both socially and that we used above the line with TV. Um, And we're looking to kind of maximize that in year two, again, with a great arsenal of players and and with some teams. So basically, whoever you sign with is who I should be rooting for for the season because I will be a very successful (laughs) sports watcher. That's what you're. That's what you're basically um, saying. You've, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll bet some pizzas on it for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, it is. It was sort of a, a a lucky timing thing as well with the draft being in Dallas, which is which is in Pizza Hut's backyard, right? So you were able to do some activations uh, oh, pretty yeah. quickly, even though even though, like you said, the NFL deal was only signed weeks before the draft. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was absolutely fortuitous that we, that it was in Dallas. Um, it was so close. It was, is it easy to go back and get resources if we needed? And, and the second year, the NFL draft in Nashville was unbelievable. It was just the activation, the job the NFL did and the engagement from the fans. It was just, they had rain and no one left. It was hundreds of thousands of people there in the streets and we looked great there. Uh, we had a lot of customers enjoying hot pizzas being delivered throughout the city. Uh, people that were waiting in the rain, cheering on their their favorite draft choice and their favorite teams. And we were delivering pizzas right to them, uh, giving out a lot of free pizzas, a lot of cool pizza swag. But but having it in year one, the NFL draft in Dallas was definitely um, helped us helped us uh, make the pain points a little bit less painful. OK, OK. So let's take a, a step back. Let's go in the way back machine for a minute. Um Sure. You joined Pizza Hut, as you said, in February of 2018, but it's not actually your mm-hmm. first job with the company. Uh, I know we've spoken before <laughs> about your uh, your growing up in Pennsylvania. Let's uh, let's clue the listeners in a little bit on your first Pizza Hut experience. Yeah, that is the way back machine. Um, yeah, so we actually moved. Um, I kind of grew up in New York, and then we moved outside the suburbs of Philadelphia while I was in high school. And my two older sisters actually worked at the Pizza Hut. Um, I ran track in high school and my mom worked at night. So when I got out of track practice, I'd walk down to the Pizza Hut and would roll silverware for my sisters. And they'd give me a couple bucks that I could play the Pac-Man and, um, and play some some tune, tunes on the jukebox. But um, 
I then got a job at Pizza Hut and uh, I was 16. I was a, a dishwasher and then a hostess at the time. And we served beer at that restaurant. So you couldn't be a waitress until you turned 18. And then my 18th birthday, I was, I was on the floor as a waitress and I worked. Gosh, I loved that job. It was just such great memories. I loved being part of the restaurant. Um, and I think what I, what I did there over the three and a half, four, almost five years with Pizza Hut while working in the restaurant and helping pay uh, for some of my college, it was, it really helped me in the role that I am today because I'm able to relate to what they're going through at the store level and back of house and how important good customer experience is and customer engagement. So it really gives me a sense of pride. I've, I've loved the brand. So coming back to Pizza Hut was exciting for me and was something that I was really, really um, looking forward to. But yeah, that was the Wayback Machine. That was a long time ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. I think... Uh, <laughs> well, let's let, let's let the listeners believe that. <laughs> um, but I do think it's interesting. You, you hear about people talking about their first jobs and how they helped mold them into the, the workers they are today, the executives they are today. And you are a, a clear example of someone who... I mean, I, I'm sure as a kid, when you were a dishwasher or a hostess, you weren't thinking... You know, a few years down the line, I'm going to be the chief brand officer of this company. No, ne- never. I was I was thinking, boy, I hope I get put on the floor so I can make some tip money. <laughs> what What do you think that experience helped uh, mold for you in terms of the the education track you picked in in college and maybe your your first few jobs once you once you graduated? Well, I think first of all, it was is the hard work. I mean, it was when I. When I think back at it and I see my kids now, I always remind them, I probably sound like that old mom reminding them of how hard times were when we were kids. But, you know, after a full day of school and then going to track practice and then walking to, it was like a mile and mile three quarters down to the restaurant. And then um, working, once I started working, uh, working there in the evening, um, it really gave me, first of all, just the, the great work ethic. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of executives that have kind of gone through that track of, of um, really starting at the ground level. But it also gave me an appreciation for how, particularly for Pizza Hut, for how engaged they were in um, in the food, when you're looking at how engaged they were in the communities. I mean, our store was so engaged in the communities and, they, and the stores are still um, that way. And just making moments matter. I just remember that hidden, my, my store manager at the time had said that, that we have the opportunity to make moments matter every time someone comes in, this, in the door. And it's something I still use today. I say it with my team. We say it with the franchisees. Uh, we say it when you know, we're out at the stores working with um, the team members at the store or back of house. It's like you have that opportunity to make a moment matter. You have an opportunity to make someone's life just a little bit better because you've given them a great pizza or some delicious wings or you made their life a little bit easier because they didn't have to cook dinner for their for their family. And that's for me, it was always kind of the backbone of everything I was doing. It's that that touch point of. It's hard work, but you have the opportunity to make a moment matter for someone. And it was such a special brand that that's why when they reached out to me to, to see if I was interested in coming back, I was absolutely, I mean, I would, I was so excited to come back to Pizza because it was such a firm foundation for me and what started in my career. And I'm curious, now that you've been in the restaurant industry for a bit, how do you feel the restaurant industry differs in terms of brand positioning and marketing from your time in the beverage space or other or other categories? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's no secret. It's, it's a very competitive category. There's a lot of, um, a lot of clutter, a lot of competitors, a lot of new, new uh, restaurants popping up within this space. Um, and then you're dealing with aggregates and, and deliver, you know, delivery services that are constantly either taking share of stomach from you or pulling your customers away. Um, so it's very competitive. 
But what's exciting about the category, though, is that it is a brand and a product that people love. When you think of, you know, no one throws a sandwich party. They throw pizza parties. Um, And that's what Pizza Hut is just such an integral part of that, that you always have. There's always a customer need state for your for what you're selling for pizza. And and Pizza Hut pizza just fits in perfectly in the product and the wings. So when I look at that compared to beverage space, well, I mean, I, I, I do on some, you know, after a long week, yeah, I, I definitely need a beer. So, but, but I do think it's much more competitive from you have that engagement with the customer right there. Whereas when I worked with beer, when I worked at Anheuser-Busch, even when I worked at Monster, um, you know, you, you, you deal with the retailers, you deal with the buyers, you deal with the chain accounts, but you really don't see that as much interaction from a customer level as you do with, with at Pizza Hut that I do. Um, a lot more engagement, a lot more, um, you know, you see that and you see from start to finish the product journey. And that's what's really exciting to me. Uh, I want to talk about some of the campaign work that's happened under your watch. And obviously, there's been a lot of attention recently on the campaign that launched at the end of June, uh, which uses a little bit of a retro look, um, but also with a more modern touch, I would say, um, bringing back the red roof and and emphasizing that that design. Um so let's let's talk about the decision to sort of take that plunge. Obviously, there was a product piece tied to it. You brought back Cheesy Bites, which cheesy bites. Mm-hmm. people, you know, crave constantly, I'm sure. Um, maybe first, let's talk about the decision to bring back Cheesy Bites and then the decision to bring back the, uh, the retro look. So with sure. Cheesy Bites, um, when was the last time Cheesy Bites was available? Well, we tend to run now a Cheesy Bites season. So we ran it actually last year, um, about the same, about a three weeks later in the calendar year than what we're currently running. Um, and we ran it for, we had it offered, it was a limited time off, offer. We did it about four, almost five weeks. And um, prior to that, it was two years prior to that. And it was just really, again, the, the customer and the fervor and kind of creating a season for it. We thought, let's bring it back this year. And we're caught, you know, it's cheesy bite season. We have customers keep send us notes saying, hey, when when does cheesy bites come out? When does cheesy bites come out? So um, that was really here's a, a great innovative product that was driven completely from a customer's asking for it and saying we want more cheese in more places. And and that was the innovation that kind of the, the spark that drove the product innovation. Um, but seeing that customers want it or now expecting it um, at a certain time was just it made the decision easy. Now, when you look at our our marketing around it and bringing back our iconic logo, that was really, it's more of a shift in tone and attitude. um, And it's acknowledging kind of our rich heritage. And I think that's where, as I'm looking at our positioning and our brand tone and and creating more distinctiveness for the brand, it's let's embrace our past. Let's not walk away from it. Let's embrace it and our position as leader in the category. Uh, We were an iconic brand. We still are an iconic brand and we're really ingrained in the hearts and minds of, of just so many customers. So let's have that confidence and that bold tone. And I think also, I think the logo is just great looking too. I mean, it pops so well, but have that bold confidence to not walk away from our past, recognize where we came from, but really give it as a nod to where we're going in the future. It's it's a rich legacy that Pizza Hut has. There's a lot of terrific assets with it. I mean, people have the the memories of the red and white t- checkered tablecloths or the plastic uh, pitchers of soda pop and the red cups. And there's a lot of things, nostalgic items that people recall from Pizza Hut. So we're not walking away from that. We're acknowledging our heritage, but we're really not giving a nod to kind of the bold, confident tone that we're bringing forward. So are we going to re- are we going to see those old 
light fixtures with the Pizza Hut, like Tiffany lamp design and things like that? Are we going to see all of that come back? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I actually have two right outside my office hung up. Um, yeah, you know, we definitely have dusted. We, we took, as we went through this work on on creating more distinctiveness for our brand, we, we really took a, a trip back memory lane and, and actually went to our Pizza Up Museum in, in Kansas and spent a few days there with our agency and looked at all the tremendous amount of assets we had. And that was one that I always, I loved the Tiffany lamp, the Pizza Up lamp. So we are, we have stores that, that currently have it. We have some new store builds that will have that. We're also putting it in our in our DVRs and our our smaller footprints where it would be right over the register. Um, so again, one of those, the nod back to where we came from, but also with a just a modern twist, similar to your, your earlier comment, that it's that classic look, but has this modern edge to it. And that's that's really what we're doing going forward. So does that redesign, is that something you have to discuss with the franchisees? Is this going to be some kind of major remodel for them? Or is it more about newer builds that are going to have this this look? Yeah, so this this is more of a brand tone. It's not an infrastructure change. It's more of an attitude change. I think it, it gives our team members some pride and some confidence with regards to like specifically the Tiffany lamp and pizza. That's an easy just add on to a store that's already there. So it's not really a, a remodel or restructure. As we're looking at new builds, we are working closely with the franchisees as to what do they want to add and work with them in partnership. Um, and they love this look. They love the nod back again to the, the nostalgic and rich heritage of, of Pizza Hut. And these items too, when you have, we had, you know, when we have them up in our in our um, office here and we have some partners come in and outside outside vendors come in, they see it. Everyone loves that. We, we get asked, how do I get one? So for this one, it's, it's really taking a few of the assets, a few of the things that were so iconic to Pizza Hut and incorporating them into existing stores and not doing a remodel. Um, but again, for some of our newer builds, they do have the opportunity to add these right off the bat. Okay. And how does that work with the need to connect with a younger audience? Are younger consumers even aware of that look? Do they embrace it because really all things retro are, are hot right now? Or are they sort of scratching their heads saying, wait, why, why do you have, you know, old school style? Well, I think yeah, there definitely is a love uh, for that nostalgia trend, I guess. But that's for us, the younger audience, we're, we're definitely incorporating some of the assets from, you know, years, years gone by into, into our modern stores. And we're finding the younger consumers really liking that. They may not have ever experienced the Pizza Hut as it was back in the 70s and 80s or even early 90s. But they love the look and the feel of it. And I think if you look, you're looking at the logo, there is a boldness to that logo. There is a, you know, I said an unapologetic confidence. And that really comes across in that in that logo. But, you know, we're an iconic brand that's that's um, we're acknowledging and we appreciate the nostalgia that, that people have for the logo. But um, this is not an effort to kind of latch on to a throwback trend. It's more of a recognition of the time period where Pizza unequivocally reigned supreme. And because that's where, that's where our future is heading as well. Supreme, I see what you did there. Now you're making me hungry. <laughs> um, but the, you're still keeping the the more current tagline, the "No one out pizzas the hut," which has been in use for a few years, right? That's that's still in the advertising. Absolutely, and I think that breaks through even more as you look at that that logo and and just again the tone. Um, we're we're being very. Uh, deliberate in how we're incorporating the logo and how we're incorporating voiceover work on it um, to have that, again, that bold confidence and that no one out pizza the hut 
it really lands, I think, even better when you're looking at this um, this iconic logo. You know, we've, we've done a lot of work, too, with engaging the younger audience in the past 15, uh, 18 months on from a social positioning. We've become much more engaging. We've become more culturally relevant. Um, our social um, is not just about the bite and smile and the studio shots and a retail driven. It's really about being part of the moment and being part of the cultural and relevant conversation. And that's really where we're starting to see a tremendous drive and engagement rate from a younger audience that has this incredible love for the brand. And I know we talked a little bit about Cheesy Bites and I I name dropped Supreme there, Mm -hmm. but um, given that you also oversee some culinary uh, research, can you tip our readers, Mm -hmm. our our listeners off onto uh, anything that's going to be coming out maybe later this year? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, we, we're excited about, I think when you look at the past year, um, the brand, what we've ro- rolled out from product launches, they were all kind of paving the way to where we're going now from a brand positioning and brand tone and just a brand distinctiveness, um, where we brought back to Pazone a nod to an iconic product from years gone by. We improved our pan pizza, again, kind of embracing that we were that we really created the pan category. And, um, and then bringing back cheesy bites. And as we're going forward, we're looking at the innovation is that we're doing for product innovation. We're doing some great partnerships. I can't tell you what they are right now. We will be, re- we will be releasing a new product in the fall. In the fall. Um, but it's definitely tapping into uh, what is on trend with a much younger consumer um, and how it just fits uniquely within the Pizza Hut brand. So that's how we're looking at innovation as we're looking across not only a specific audience, but also specific um, sales layers and consumption times as we're expanding our late night, as you know, our partnership with beer delivery. Um, we're looking at how do we innovate around those, around those occasions and have um, a menu of, of great products that are specific to those consumer needs. And just quickly, let's talk about the beer delivery part of the business and how is that going so far? You were starting tests and then expanded. So the the it seems to be going well, otherwise you wouldn't have expanded the tests. <laughs> yeah, it's going really well. I, you know, it's it's very it's a very um, easy setup for our franchisees. Aside from once they get the licensing, there's a very little labor impact on the franchisee in the store level. I think when, you, when you're looking at a brand and to be successful as a brand today, you really need to be relevant, easy, and distinct. And this kind of fits that ease where you can be at home and order your pizza, get your wings, and have your beer delivered. I mean, you're thinking about football coming into fourth quarter and, and and the football season starting, there is nothing that's more easy than you know ordering all of that to be delivered to your house and not having to leave your home. Um, but the the beer delivery is going well. We're looking to have you know we have um, we're going to have a great expansion by the end of the summer. We're going to have um, over a thousand stores that are signed up. We've just expanded into two more states. Actually, the store near my house just brought it on, so that's going to help me on the weekends. Um, but we're excited about the opportunity, and it's really about um, be creating an ease for the customer, but also distinctiveness. There's no one else right now, no other national pizza chain that's delivering beer to the customers. And this is where we can really be distinctive and cut through and create an incremental sales layer for our franchisees. Great. Uh, I think we can leave it there. And again, thank you, Marianne, for joining me on uh, this week's episode of Marketer's Brief. Great having you here. Jessica, yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Marketer's Brief. And as always, thanks to our producer, Max Sternlicht, for his help with the episode. Be sure to subscribe to Marketer's Brief wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode. 
and check out our news at adage.com. Until next time, I'm Jessica Wall.